He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. What's up all my slick talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. And that's one of my favorite questions. You asked that earlier about like trends throughout the years. I, I always love seeing how people answer this question. And specifically, we we ask it in a fun way. If you could wave a magic wand, uh, what would you like to, what's a pain point that you'd like to, to solve within your operations? And the, the number one answer is technology. That can mean many things, guest communications, automation, centralization, guest vetting, integrations, calendar management, reporting. So that, that's a big umbrella. So that makes sense that it's the number one answer. And this is what Fred was talking about earlier, being able to look multiple levels deeper into that. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. And we got the man, myth, and legend, David and Kobe dancing along to the intro music and then we have the marketing manager fred over at hostfully joining us today to go over some awesome industry reports but good afternoon i think yeah it's afternoon so how are you guys doing today all right will thank you very much for having us and i gotta admit fred is also really the man the myth the legend as well i believe it i believe it. i got to uh see and experience the man myth and legends on hostfully team uh in person in san antonio so i i definitely know that statement is true I, uh fred you got you're gonna show off some of your uh incredible dance moves today or is that uh for for a future date i think david took all the dance moves for today but you've I'll got just, the moves calling. With, i got the, i got the moves calling and i got the beard i'll stick with the beard it's a good fit it's a good fit um <laughs> well i'm excited for this episode um obviously hey there we go slick talk mug for the left-handed people i love it um if uh, anyone's listening to the audio version we are streaming 
online as well so you can see the visual side but long story short we've had david on the podcast i would say two times maybe this is the third time i think since hard to keep episode. track these days i know you're so popular i don't know how to keep track of you but uh it's been a while since you've actually been on the show and recently in 2000 end of 2021 you guys published your industry report which always gets a lot of buzz and good feedback um, so we're going to dive into some data and numbers today. Uh, and if anyone who hasn't listened to David's episode and heard the founding of house or not hospitality, oh my gosh, of hostfully, uh, then obviously you need to go back and I'll link it back in the show notes. But anyways, I want to jump right in because there's a lot to cover and Fred, you took on a big chunk of this report, if not all of it. So maybe let's have you introduce yourself really quick. Uh, give us some background on how you joined the team and then we'll go into the report. Thanks, Will. So I'm Fred, the marketing manager at Hostfully. Although Will often calls me the marketing guy at Hostfully, which is fine. I guess it works too. That works. Um, started working at, with Hostfully about two and a half years ago, just writing articles with them uh, for the SEO, for the blog. And then uh, one thing led to another and joined their marketing team. And now I handle all sorts of different marketing initiatives, uh, the giant industry paper being one of the big ones. Um, this is the fifth year that we push out this paper, that we prepare this paper and it's getting bigger and better every year. Um, and we're just, we're really excited to launch it this year. We've done a few things differently. So I hope people that get the chance to read it will appreciate some of the little differences we put in there. Um, so yeah, really excited to talk about this today. Awesome. What's Nate, what's a, what's a couple of big difference for this report, uh, compared to the year before. So this year. We, we looked at it a bit differently and we said, hey, why don't we have experts comment in the report itself instead of just at the end? So we gave the opportunity to founders and really experts in the industry, people like you, you're in the report too, Will. So I mean, like that's a tap on the back to you too. Okay, um, you. So experts were able to comment where they felt more, most comfortable. So uh, the information that they were able to share is very on topic and very to the point and very, a lot of this is very actionable as well. So that's that was one of the big differences. And then, of course, we had our big section about COVID. It's unavoidable. Yeah. But I think a lot of people at this point are willing to skip that section. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, just more questions. And we, we put a bit more effort to look at different variables and compare them with each other. Instead of just looking at one stat, we looked at, okay, what does this stat mean with the other stats or like numbers and how to zap play together. So we're able to draw a couple more conclusions than we normally do. Um, so very interesting report and lots of insights and strategies that hosts and managers can use going forward into 2022. Awesome. Awesome. And David, go ahead. Yeah, I'd say the report now, as Fred mentioned, it's five years old and it's evolved in a way as hostfully has evolved so hostfully started off just doing digital guidebooks and now we're a full-scale property management software as well and when we started off doing guidebooks we wanted data on how property managers are communicating with guests and providing recommendations and providing information about the home and, and there wasn't much data out there so we decided to create our <laughs> create the data itself so we put out a survey uh, questionnaire that really focused on guest communications and digital guidebooks and um, 
just the guest experience. Do you upsell certain things? And, and that was the focus the first kind of year or two with a couple other general questions to get to know a little more about the property manager. Mm -hmm. And we've added a bunch of sections over the years to just really focus about all areas of operations for a property manager. What are their biggest challenges? What's gotten easier? Uh, where are they getting reservations from? And now the past few years, a lot of the questions have remained the same. So we've been able to do some cool comparison uh, from one year to the next. Well, I'm kind of curious, and I obviously don't think you guys have the answer right now, but over the last five years, what the biggest trends and shifts were uh, within that five-year time period. It'd be kind of interesting to see uh, you know, what stayed the same and what really obviously got escalated probably because of COVID. But um, I just have a quick question for both of you, actually. Uh, what was your favorite segment in the report to either create or to discover? And I'll let anyone go first. Well, there's a few. Um, number one was the rebound section where we looked at income change for hosts and property managers. And we asked the question, you know, like, how has your income changed uh, last year over the course of this year? And then we were able to look at the effect of the pandemic and the rebound that we saw in 2021. And if you want, we can spend more time talking about that later on. And then we spent a bit of time looking at upsells this year. Um, and David, David has a lot to say about upsells, but upsells is like one of those strategies that we all want to every year, every post property manager says, look, I want to implement this. It's a good growth strategy. I'm going to make some extra income or create a new income stream for my properties. Yeah. And then we found comparing data over the years that it seems no one really implements a strategy because yeah. it, it's complicated, right? Um, other than early check-in, late checkout, or like mid-state cleaning, it's not something that you can just throw technology at and automate. So it's not surprising that it gets it, it gets lower in the priorities, especially like when spring break hits and then it's all hands on deck. Yeah. So now you're like you're running, you know, you're you're struggling to just keep up, and then all of a sudden, well, I'm going to deal with upsells as well. Maybe not so much. So that was an interesting insight, and it's one of those differences like what we talked about earlier to, uh, in the podcast when you said what's the difference this year we looked at a bunch of data from the years before now that we have five years to look at and we found this trend um, and we might be able to share some tips on on how to get that accomplished for hosts and managers so uh, you know that'd be a good thing i think if if the industry moved towards upsells so 100 yeah. percent, yeah and that was the section that i commented on was that that's right <laughs> it is true Upsells, but I get it. Like it's really hard. It's a, yeah. it's, a it's a great idea and it's great to talk about. Um, and we do a weekly stand up for our our side of the, uh, the management side, and it, we we talk about how do we do these experiences. How, you know, it's not just heads and beds anymore, right? We want to get more than ADR. We want to be more dependable on revenue outside of occupancy. Even though uh, in stay experience or upsell does require occupancy, um, but how are you able to capture that guest longer without you know? obviously let them walk out the door without, uh, you know, anything extra. Um, so it's hard. It's, it's not an easy, easy task to accomplish. I would be curious and like, would love to see hosts or managers that are doing it really well though. Uh, you know, have really good, reliable staff that have really good, reliable products and partners in the area that they just have a great system that makes it seem automated without all the headache and hustle and bustle. But yeah, it'd be interesting to, uh, to see it's for, 
Yeah, it's mo it's mostly larger property managers that have that staff to be able to handle this side of things. Maybe they have a whole concierge team or they just have a team that's managing a different software to handle this. Uh, the overarching theme is that property managers are not able to do a lot of upselling through their traditional property management software. So mm -hmm. they're in, pretty much everyone says there's at least one thing they'd like to sell that they either don't do it or they, they figured out some way to hack it outside of their property management software. Uh, so now you're getting intensive of having to have multiple softwares using a whole separate tour and activity software, or are you just going to like resell other tours that other people are offering and how are you going to integrate that? Uh, so maybe like early check-in and late checkout, you're seeing that get uh, integrated more with property management software or with smart lock companies or, yeah. or cleaning turnover management companies to handle that one piece. Uh, but outside of that, if you want to do groceries pre-arrival or if there's some other local tours that you offer or a mid-state cleaning or different things like that, it's, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. It would be uh, oh, I'm get, just kind of I'm going to derail a little bit, but do you guys have a lot of people using the guidebooks marketplace feature for this upsell experience or um, are they really relying on companies like Breezeway who do a great job on seeing, hey, there's a gap night. Let's do an extended stay. Let's see if we can get a mid stay clean, like whatever their um, you know, offering could be. Are you guys seeing a lot of uh, use in the guidebook? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we are seeing more and more use of that. There, uh, there admittedly are some some limitations when you want to do some more kind of complex upselling, or if you want to like resell and work with other tour and activity providers. Yeah. Uh, but as a you know a basic standalone mid stay cleaning, early check in, late checkout, uh, there are starting you are starting to see some tools for that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a good a good sign, and I'm pretty sure as uh, 2022 moves forward. I know we'll be seeing a lot of exciting updates from Hostfully either way, because uh, you guys are always adding new things. Uh, I, I expressed to you guys um, in San Antonio, I was super excited when I woke up and my inbox was unified with all platforms awesome. and my Verbo guests were getting their check-in instruction without me having to do a thing. Nice. I literally woke up and it was so good. Um, so again, you guys are just doing good stuff. So I know we'll see more. Um, but let's jump into this report. I took a couple screenshots. So anyone listening, you need to hop into the video side. Definitely check it out. Uh, if not, I'll link in the show notes uh, a downloadable uh, uh, link, basically, yeah, for the guidebook. Or not the guidebook. Gosh. You guys got, we got some going on. Yeah, the study. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into, I guess, the overall uh, market overview. And I'll show a quick screen grab here for our audience. And then Fred or uh, David, if you guys want to jump in. Uh, going into this section, uh, sorry, David, you're going to be covered up this time instead of Fred. <laughs> nice. uh, but go go ahead and jump into uh, whatever part you guys want to jump. Grab. Sure, sure, I'll go first on on that. And basically, that's showing there's more competition uh, than than the year before. Uh, so that's kind of to be expected that you're you're seeing more competition. Um, there are also some places though where you're seeing less competition. So in previous years before the pandemic, 2019 and earlier, basically no one said there was less competition. Yeah. Um, but both in 2020 and 2021, uh, a bunch of folks around 20% or so said there actually was less competition than the year before. So last year it's 16%. Uh, so you're kind of seeing this dichotomy, this split. In some places, there's a lot more competition. In in other places, it's just been it's been really tough, and and there's been less competition. 
But in the places that there is more competition, there is also more revenue. So people who reported having more competition also reported an average increase in income of 32%. So more competition isn't necessarily a bad thing. And it makes me think of McDonald's and Burger King, where uh, Burger King's original strategy, when they were looking at places to, to have a franchise, to have a location, basically they just decided wherever there's a McDonald's. Oh, okay, that's our demographic. So we're just gonna find wherever there's McDonald's, we're gonna have a Burger King. Um, so you're, you're seeing that a little bit. Interesting. And do you think the less competition sector is because businesses that went out during COVID? Or is it just because uh, they got more inventory, so they were no longer a, comp- a competitor uh, in the market? What are your what are your uh, overall findings on that side? We didn't dig deep into location, but I suspect location is yeah. is a big part of it with urban versus traditional vacation rental destinations. So, like here in the Bay Area, there's Tahoe and there's wine country. So in Tahoe and in wine country, there's been a big increase in, in competition. Uh, but in, in San Francisco and urban market itself, uh, it's been less. So gotcha. Makes sense. Makes more sense now. Um, okay. What was the next part? I got the report pulled up on my end too. So changes in competition levels were kind of uh, a big, uh, shift. And I think I have that graph here. Nope. Growth strategies. I didn't upload uh, directly uh, <laughs> as, as the report is. So either way, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. but there's, there is a change in competition levels graph. Uh, going into revenue changes from the previous year. So are people seeing a lot of revenue changes in the sense of that they're just increasing pricing uh, overall across the board due to the high demands after the whole lockdown situation in the beginning of COVID where it was months on end where it was like, do we we leave? Do we not leave? Do we do a staycation? Do we not do a staycation? Uh, Is it that just that pent up demand uh, of increase or what else were you guys finding in that graph? Yeah, so I'll go first, Fred. You can add if you, sure. if you want. And you you did actually flash that that growth strategies uh, chart as well, and that and that is a big part of it. So there were uh, there were you know increase in dynamic pricing and and playing around with rates was a big part of of your folks' growth strategies over the past couple of years. Um, but a, a big change between uh, this this past year between 2021 and 2020 uh, was uh, growing their portfolio. Uh, and that we're seeing that as a trend when we ask people what they plan to do next year. So like when the pandemic first hit, people didn't care about their portfolio. They were just putting out fires about growing their portfolio. They were just putting out fires, uh, dealing with the existing properties that they had. And there was actually a really big focus on marketing in yeah. in 2020. And across the board and in a few different places, marketing was less of a focus in 2021. So it's kind of like in 2020, they had some downtime. What am I going to do? I'm going to start marketing to new audiences, right? To uh, local folks, to first responders, you know, people within driving distance. Uh, and, and then they kind of figured that out in 2020 and stopped focusing on that in 2021 and started focusing on growing their portfolio. And that's going that's going to be a trend for for this year, for 2022. Um, a lot of people are saying they're, they're going to focus on getting more properties on board. Interesting. And I guess for companies like Vintory, that would be a, a great trend to have continuing yes. uh, to go because uh, inventory uh, from a property manager perspective is not easy when it's like uh coming up with the strategies and finding all the outreaches and 
it's great when your your current owners or friends and family everybody else is recommending you and they're just signing up naturally but the the for you know you know companies like Vintory, uh this is probably where they're going to start to shine a lot more and it'd be interesting to see what type of uh new properties come online this year uh just a it's a random thought just because we see their content but anyways so uh growth in uh portfolio fred do you have anything extra to comment on well all the strategies david was talking about increasing your rates adding more properties to your portfolio we saw a big impact on revenue and on income change for property managers so we have this chart that that we prepared last year where we asked people you know did you lose any money like what was your revenue change over the year and so last year not surprising or 2020 sorry not surprising with all the cancellations and like the lockdowns, most people lost money. Like that was where the majority of answers was. And then this year, it's like almost like a mirror image. It's like people that lost 50% revenue. Now that that category is flipped to plus 50% revenue. So we looked at it and we divided it in uh, revenue change. But like the big stat here is 84% reported a positive revenue change in 2021 there you go and that's the chart Perfect. and it's almost like a mirror image like i said to, to 2020 um, and that's really encouraging and the remaining 16 percent, we can speculate on that uh but the what david and i talk about and when we look at some of the individual answers we got like looking at locations always a little complicated yeah but we think that the urban markets are probably going to get that boost as well this year in 2022. Uh, now that you know business travel is reopening, people are more comfortable going back to cities. So we're hoping that that remaining 16% is going to get swept up in the positive revenue change for next year. So we're going to keep an eye on on that for next year's survey for sure. Awesome. And go ahead. And as a comparison from from 2020, just putting um, numbers there, not only 84% of respondents reported an increase in revenue but in 2020 only 39 percent reported an increase in, in revenue so it you know as much as in 2020 people were saying uh later in the year oh things are better we're rebounding at, at the end of the day um people still had a tough year in in 2020 sure. uh so it is good to to see that rebound for most well it's also a little a little sad and concerning that 16 percent did even worse in 2021 than they did in 2020 which is interesting it makes me you know what what was going on operationally maybe behind the scenes that uh, could have, have been refund issues could have been you know all sorts of other things that go into it um, we also sorry well we also saw scale having an effect on on growth and revenue so the big property managers like the 50 plus properties um, more likely to report a significant income change, so 30%, 40%, 50% or more than the smaller operators. But also like with that huge potential for an upswing, you get more risks involved, right? More overhead, uh, different, like it's just a whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. So if you were to report a loss, it would also be more significant if you were a large portfolio manager. Yeah. So very interesting to compare large versus small and see that, you know, the big players, when things go really well, it's fantastic, but then when it goes sideways, it can it can derail a bit quicker. Yeah, it sounds like it could hurt a lot bad, a lot worse. Uh, 
thankfully we're not at that level where it hurts really, really bad when that stuff happens. But um, there was a section that did catch my attention. I feel like we could really geek out throughout this whole report. Um, it was technology. So obviously vacation rental software, tech, um, what are some of the big trends and changes happening? Are they good? Are they dangerous? Are they, what are they? I'm just kind of curious from your guys' perspective as a software company, you know, it kind of makes sense. Sure. And, and that's one of my favorite questions. You asked that earlier about like kind of trends throughout the years. I, I always love seeing how people answer this question. And, and specifically, we, we ask it in a fun way. If you could wave a magic wand, <laughs> uh, what would you like to, what's a pain point that you'd like to, to solve within your operations? And the, the number one answer is technology. Uh, but, you know, that can mean many things, guest communications, automation, centralization, guest vetting, integrations, calendar management, reporting. So that, that's, that's a big umbrella. So that makes sense that it's a, the number one answer. So uh, and this is what Fred was talking about earlier, being able to kind of look multiple levels deeper into that. Um, if you if you split it between larger property managers and smaller property managers, there's a big difference there for larger property managers who said technology, a lot of it was, was around guest communications, okay. which, which kind of makes sense because they have lots of guests yeah. they're dealing with. And, and traditionally, larger property managers are on multiple platforms as well. So dealing with answering questions from guests coming from different places and maybe using different methods of communication, whether it's email or, or WhatsApp or, or SMS. Uh, and on the, for, for smaller property managers, it was really more around automation and, and centralization. So a lot of these property managers don't have a property management software or have a very lightweight property management software. And, and they're actually talking about their most valuable software is, is the OTA itself, is, is Airbnb or like Google Suites or Microsoft Office is what they're giving as responses. Wow. Uh, so they have different different issues and different needs um, within technology. Uh, a couple other so, um, things to note: cleaning was was number two after technology, which isn't too big a surprise these days. But what was especially interesting within that was cleaning in 2020 was high up, but it was specifically around implementing cleaning systems. Right. So putting in a software like Breezeway or Turnover BNB or properly and making sure that the cleaners are doing the new COVID policies of, you know, sanitizing this area and that area and, and stuff like that. Uh, but in 2021, it was less about that and it was more about staffing. Mm. And there is, you know, there is a real staffing shortage and that applies to to cleaning. So just some. We give some kind of like pick list questions as well as some free form uh, areas where people can give their comments and, and a couple uh, comments related to cleaning that I'd like to, to read was uh, hiring cleaners. The good ones are booked and our turnover has been high in the last six months. And another said, get hold of a competent cleaning team that does not break the bank. Uh, and another one said, find a reliable and competent house cleaning company. It has been almost impossible in our rural area. Yeah, that's uh, statements <clears throat> I agree with very much. So at least in those markets that are really, uh, you know, there's a, you know, for us, you, uh, you know, that we were based out of Seattle. So like Seattle, really easy to find some cleaners. Actually, there's a lot of cleaning companies. There's great contractors out there. But Camino Island, which is like an hour and a half more north. 
not so much. It, you mm-hmm. have it's a very retired community. It's a very um, there's one motel that has eight or nine rooms in it. It's uh, not even a motel. It's more of like a really run down in. I can I can say this because I grew up there. Um, but uh, you know the vacation rental market is very underserved when it comes to just the turnover because a lot of the hosts do it themselves. They're mom and pop, you know, people that have a business on the side or that they're um, you know just doing it because they love to host their friends and figured when their friends aren't staying they'll they'll host uh, strangers in their home or their second bedroom or uh, a wing of their house or whatever it may be. Um, so it's very very true on the cleaning side at least markets like that um, unfortunately but sure interesting um, Fred, is there anything else on the technology side or on challenges in general you want to well, comment on i mean we're tech providers so this is going to sound like you know we're just promoting our own <laughs> our own product but some interesting insights when you look at again like revenue change and software uh, adoption so if we look at uh people that reported you know significant earnings uh, increases in earnings. They typically tend to use more software, whether that be PMP, cleaning turnover apps, dynamic pricing, you know, name them all like automated insurance screening. So generally what we find is people that use, like I said, more will have an easier time uh, showing the revenue gain. And then, you know, this is the part where hostfully is really happy to see this. Um, people that use a property management software had like had a huge increase in odds of getting 50% or more income change. So it was like 35% responded in uh, a huge income change. And the non-PMP users or the non-platform users were 13%. So it just goes to show like the, the power of centralization and automation and what you can do when you're, you know, streamlining and reducing your overhead and just having a proper communication flow with your guests. And also the power of integrating all these different software together, which is like the role of, of that central software. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not a big surprise, but generally the larger property managers will have more software. But I think that's actually a good thing to learn from, especially for the smaller operators. Uh, like if you have 10 properties, you know, it's always good to look at what someone who's managing 100 is doing um, because they're not necessarily just hiring more staff. Like that's never their solution. It's how do we automate? How do we streamline? How do we make simplify things? So if you look at if you look at it from a position of a smaller operator, you can look at what the bigger ones are doing and say, okay, that's one of the tactics they use is is implementing more software in their stack. Yeah. So that's something like a key takeaway that uh, managers can can implement. So. Well, as a tech company, I, I guess I just want to ask this question towards you guys. On with all this data and all these these responses coming in, um, what does that do for you as a platform? Because uh, you already have, you know, like I said, you guys, you guys are focused on getting your unified inbox. Your your integrations are actually, uh, from what I've seen, experienced myself, and have also seen that you guys actually received uh, awards for with integration partners like Airbnb and Verbo. You're the preferred. Uh, PMP in order to integrate with. So what does this do for you guys? What's this drive and push that comes to development and, and, to, and growth in the, the tech itself? Yeah, so some of it is validation of what we're already doing and continuing to make sure we're doing that well. So not just having strong integrations with the channels, but we're also seeing a big increase in folks wanting direct bookings and being able to empower property managers to have a platform to get 
direct bookings. Um, also, uh, having a strong integration zone, kind of, you know, an app store, so to speak, and, and really continuing on that. That's something we've always prided ourselves on. But a lot of the, the data here shows how how important that is. One question we ask is, what is your favorite software? And there were 28 different property management softwares that people responded with. Wow. And coincidentally, outside of that, if they didn't say a property management software and they said another software, uh, just a, a coincidence, there were 28 other softwares that they mentioned. Uh, so that's <laughs> what is that? 56 total different software that's important and being able to um, bring that all together and, and integrate with all of them. And it's fun seeing some of the, the software that they mentioned. So, you know, Zapier and Zoho and Facebook and Canva and Trello and, and the, the ecosystem is just really diverse. Um, yeah. So one other thing related to that and the, the diverse system and what we were just talking about, about challenges, we also ask what's gotten easier. And yeah. well, first of all, a lot of people said nothing last last year and this year. Um, but even if they said nothing, they still reported a, a, an increase in revenue. So at least even if it's harder, at least it's paying off. Uh, exactly. But other other things they've said were like guest communications and pricing and turnover and cleaning. And that's all the same stuff that people said have gotten harder. So like these things are falling in, in two different buckets. It's gotten easier and it's gotten harder. And, and what does that mean? To me, the way I see that is just how um, how entrepreneurial the the industry is. You know, no one uh, graduates with a degree in vacation rental management from college. Everyone's coming to this industry from different backgrounds, and they all have this entrepreneurial can-do attitude. And basically, when property managers have a problem, they focus on it and they fix it. So. For you know, for one person, for one property manager, it's it's marketing or it's guest communications th this year, and then they're gonna find a software out there. There is the ecosystem is diverse. There's gonna be a solution for them, and then next year they're going to report that it's easier. For sure. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, speaking of your integration zone um, and partners, and all these things are getting easier. The interesting one to see on here for me is. Uh, Oh, okay, I misread it. It was more uh, direct bookings. Uh, apparently, got less easier this year uh, than it did in 2021 or 2020. But uh, you guys actually just integrated with, uh, which we're gonna give a, a shameless plug, a shameless shout out to Ellie uh, with uh, Hudson Creative Studio. But you know, creating this uh, ability to give hosts or managers that that brand, uh, you know, that shiny. Uh, what, what is a shiny syndrome or you have a shiny toy syndrome or something like where you get super excited about a new thing. Um, but anyways, you have that ability now to to really push towards that because you guys do also provide a pre-arrival form uh, for your um, uh, users to integrate into the, the trigger and messaging system. Um, and that's a, such a powerful tool that I don't think a lot of people are realizing. Um, you now have hundreds, if not uh, you know thousands of emails and not just the booker, but the guests that come along with them if they fill out that email correctly. Um, now to really target that that marketing and that re um, that rebooking uh, strategy when it comes to a direct booking website via integration with you guys and uh, Hudson uh, Creative Studio. So it's pretty. It's going to be interesting to see that number shift. I'm I'm hoping people start going that direction. I know it's a big thing that we just did, and uh, we're we're really excited with with the way it's going. But I know, uh, yeah. Anyways. Shout out to Ellie. Shout out to Recreation Stays as well. Your website looks beautiful. So great job on that. 
yeah no it's you know uh it took took a lot of action from ellie uh to to take our vision and run with it so we're very thankful and that you know you guys integrated so it made it really easy so we don't have to jump onto multiple other platforms and do all these things to make it work it's just nice and easy so. yes he's done a great job uh we're a big fan of hudson creative studio and excited that they are in our integration zone to do yes. a really full heavyweight api integration for for beautiful websites and um, still, while, while we're talking about that, uh, one other interesting thing, too, in general, there's been the trend of, of uh, a focus on in increase in direct bookings. And we're seeing that a lot more with larger property managers than smaller property managers. So uh, if you were under 50 properties, most of your reservations, around 50 percent, if not a little more, are coming from Airbnb and maybe around 15 percent are, are coming from Verbo. And same thing, like 18 percent are, are direct booking. So you've got all your eggs in, in one basket. But as you get bigger, you start to diversify both off of Airbnb as well as onto your, your own platform. So for over 50 properties, Airbnb and Verbo reservations were basically the same. People got around 20% of their reservations from Airbnb and, wow. and from Verbo. So they're really diversifying off of Airbnb. And 44% were direct bookings. So that's more than double, you know, less than the less than 50 properties, 18% were direct bookings, more than 50 properties, 44% of their reservations were direct bookings. What is it? with that number of 50 why why am i always seeing 50 properties is it just the magic in numbers or what do you guys think it's uh well partly is for the stats purposes we have to divide into categories and uh, we also look at 50 as a software provider at least as a major threshold in vacation rental management that's when like 50 at least that's the number we focus on we see a huge shift where technology becomes more important uh, standard operating procedures are like critical for operating your business. So we decided the cutoff would be 50. We have to put it somewhere for the categories in our report, but also like based on the feedback we get from the industry, like that's where something has to shift. Usually the founder has to go into like more of a CEO role or a managerial role, can't be involved as much in the day to day. So it's that metamorphosis at 50 that we look at and we focus on. Hey, Manuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream. Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific? Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations you've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. 
so I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Deathstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name, everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory, Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right, coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon. Gotcha. That makes more sense. Um, I am curious now to go into the section on guest experience. Uh, You guys know I'm a big guest experience fan. Um, so what are the findings in this area and what is the, I guess, growth or focus for guest experience when it comes to using tech, the increasing revenue, decreasing portfolio, all this stuff? How does that impact the experience? Well, the guest experience this year, we saw a big change again, uh, probably forced by the pandemic. So where in, in the past, we still saw, you know, the paper copies of the guidebooks or the house manual left in the property uh, or people just, you know, responding one on one with the guests for recommendations. This year, we saw a huge adoption of digital guidebooks and people reducing the paper copy in the listing. Um, and then people just much more reliance on uh, their property management platform and like the guest communication aspect of that. So throughout the report, uh, people that download and they'll see guest communication is one of those things that just changed so much in our industry. Uh, from an operations perspective, it, like it, it got more complicated because the guests now expect so much more out of their vacation rental experience. Uh, and there's a bunch of whole, a whole bunch of different reasons why you know that that may have come around. Um, might have been like pent up demand for travel. They haven't traveled in a while. They expect like this almost luxury resort sort of experience, or it might just be people are new to vacation rentals and, you know, they expect like a quicker turnaround for communication. Um, so guest communication, big shift, much more reliance on, on tech tools by, uh, hosts and managers of all sizes. And it, it seems to have a really big impact on, uh, the guest experience throughout their journey in your properties. Um, then another interesting thing we saw was smart devices. Um, so it's not reflected in the software, but later on in the questions, we see that a lot more people implemented uh, smart locks and automated that in their stack. And again, that's big response to the pandemic. So contactless or self-check-in being now like a, a preferred method by guests for checking in. And just the industry, again, like David said, their hosts and property managers are all high-level like entrepreneurs, so they find a solution. So what do they do? Can't meet them anymore. All right, we're going to put in the smart locks. Let's go. And like this big shift. And we expected, like we didn't see a big shift towards smart locks with the larger operators. We assume that's because they may have already had it in their properties, but to see you know, the smaller operators, like the one to fives or like the five to 49 properties, just 
go ahead with that and like just full steam ahead boom we get it done like within a year done next like it's like david was saying like people are finding challenges and they're just finding solutions to it so those three things big shifts in the industry in terms of the guest experience and we're like it's amazing to see the industry just respond to something immediately like almost turn on a dime go ahead david yeah one thing also related to, to what you said with the digital guidebooks uh so comparing pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic there was obviously a huge increase in the use of digital guidebooks so from 2019 to 2020 it went from uh, 24% of property managers using digital guidebooks to 55% using digital guidebooks. And that went, it, it stayed about the same, maybe went up a little in, in 2021. The, the real big bump was after the pandemic in 2020. Um, and on the flip side, uh, in 2020, 77% still used a hard copy guidebook. Uh -huh. And in 2021, that went down to 49%. So the, the the vision I have when looking at this data is that people had all these hard copy guidebooks, the pandemic hit, they implemented a digital guidebook, but still kept that hard copy guidebook there. And then it got all kind of raggedy and beat up. And in 2021, it was finally, you know, so bad they had to get rid of it and they just didn't replace it. Yeah, which is good. I, I have a couple owners on our side that want us to put physical copies in the in the units and, you know. Not not a big fan of that, as you guys know, because we love the Hostly Digital Guidebooks and they work better than than most uh, would say uh, the hard copies do because you can't take a hard copy every time you go to a restaurant or something like that, right? right. Um, but I'm curious to know uh, from just like the, the smart lock side of things, uh, did I say you got a <laughs> going off there, David? <laughs> or it's Fred? No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll answer here. this one. <laughs> um, do you think the the big hesita hesitancy from uh, getting smart locks was just cost? What what took people so long in order to actually go towards the smart lock route? Because for us, that was like first thing we need to find a good reliable lock. Is guarantee I'm not getting up and going to meet anybody to check them in um, at any property. I don't care if it's uh, the perfect most sunshiny beach in the world. I would not go do it. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious on what what that hesitancy. Yeah, as Fred said, that was specifically for smaller property managers. So they either had more of a high touch uh, environment of greeting people in person, so it wasn't as necessary, uh, or they had old school lock boxes with the key in there, and it, it just it just wasn't as important. But with uh, COVID hitting, then they kind of realized it, it did have a little more of importance. They either couldn't meet people in person. I think that was a big part of it, or they just had some extra time and they realized now is the time to kind of implement that because um, it's harder for me to be there in person just even to check in on things. So knowing yep. when people are coming and going, knowing when the cleaners coming and going. Makes sense. Just, yeah, just a, it was a, a curious thought, you know, just why, why, why hesitate on that one? Um, but now for distribution and marketing, what was the biggest shift in this? Because uh, obviously we talked, we kind of covered uh, Book Direct, Airbnb, Verbo, all that stuff. But let's say for the 50 under, we'll, we'll keep using the 50 mark. Um, what was any big changes? Any uh, I know we've talked about on the podcast multiple times on niche uh, marketing channels. You know, uh, you, you know, Flarbo is a good example because it's a Florida vacation rental by owner uh, type site, but uh, very niche to that state and demographic of, of inventory. But I don't know, just kind of any any thoughts or insights on the distribution side? 
Uh, yeah, I kind of talked a little bit about that already with the difference between the smaller and the and the larger ones and the larger ones getting more direct bookings and having less of their their eggs in the Airbnb basket. I'd say in addition to that, we asked what channels do people list on and there really was a wide variety and a, and a long tail. So people are are being opportunistic and, and getting their properties out there. Uh, Marriott is getting more popular with their homes and villas. Uh, unit that's that's making you know making a big jump into it and i think as um corporate travel picks up in 2022 and beyond marriott will do even that much better because the corporate travelers get their points for staying in a hotel for business and then they want to use it on vacation with their family and stay in a house so they're they're really being a leader in that area uh, we've seen other stuff like plum guide was was mentioned a bunch and you're right there are these niche sites chbo corporate housing by owner, uh, Mr. B&B and, and Fab stays for the for the gay community, yeah. go lightly for the female community, all these all these niche ones. And yeah. of course, it's fun to see Bud and uh, up there for the, for the 420 friendly community. <laughs> I love it. I love it. People are getting very specific with their search and findings. Um, and yeah, speaking of Fab stays, I can't wait uh, to see them take off. I met Robert at uh, uh, the VRMA conference, which was awesome. So uh, it's really cool to see all these kind of come together and you guys are i would go lightly directly integrated which i love uh the whole fact that you know hostfully doesn't rely on a channel manager uh to be built underneath you guys already integrate which lifesaver for host and managers so awesome. i love it i love it um awesome well anything else that you guys have as major takeaways i just love the the detail in the report obviously you got a lot of good people um giving feedback there's matt landau i saw simon lehman i saw a couple uh jill mason from vr scheduler who we had a lot of fun with that vrma as well um just a lot of good people throughout the report to mention but i, I don't know just any big takeaways big highlights big you know big things that anyone listening could uh just really make sure that they capture when they download the report well, hopefully, hopefully we've already covered most most of the big t takeaways. I'd, I'd just, uh, you know, reiterate what I said earlier about um, the, this survey really shows how eclectic, diverse and, and entrepreneurial the, the community is. The, the property managers figuring out solutions for stuff and the way they talk about what's gotten harder and what's gotten easier and what softwares they're they're using. It's so diverse, even even to like little questions like how do you share information and you think oh digital guidebook emails you know what else what else is there and and people promoting like the local facebook page or um having signs and, and instructions in the house or qr codes was mentioned a ton people yeah. putting up qr codes as kind of the hybrid solution to not having hard copy stuff but the <laughs> qr codes all over the kitchen and the living room on how to work different things for different you know appliances uh so it, it's just fun to see the answers that come in and how if you've seen the operations of one property manager you've seen the operations of one property manager yeah very true well and this report collects not just hostfully users right this is Oh yeah, no, it's open to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's the cool part is that it's not just a a hostfully database; it's a, it's an industry database Absolutely. in the sense of um, you know getting to see the different softwares that are lacking in certain areas or are actually really thriving in a lot um, comparative to comparatively to what you guys are used to seeing with your users on a day to day basis. Um, so that's that I find really interesting and cool. Um, Fred, anything for you? Well. A lot of takeaways in this report and 
we didn't really mention this, but it's a great way for hosts and managers to validate their operations and, you know, look at what other people are doing in the industry based on like an aggregate of answers. And then just look like, am I on the right path or am I seeing something that's different? And I think a lot of people, once they compare and benchmark to what others are doing, or like, it's, it's good to know that some of the strange, you know, trends that we're seeing and the evolution being so quick is happening like across the board with everyone else. So I think everyone that looks at this report is going to find a different takeaway. It just depends on where you are in your operations and your, your procedures. But one of the takeaways that I found, and it's a lot of CEOs from the uh, cleaning and turnover companies, uh, software Mm -hmm. providers, it was about, you know, retaining the staff for the the cleaning staff. And uh, it goes, and I'll, I'm not going to like list the whole thing because it's a full page on what to do about that, but it revolves around like, automation and use automation to save money on overhead and then you pass that on to your staff which you know they they're happier because they get paid more um and then you know taking advantage of the marketplaces that are out there if you can't find a cleaner yourself so again like these are experts in their field commenting on this um and i invite anyone to read the report to to see you know there's really detailed uh, recommendations in there on what to do for the cleaning staff so yeah. And uh, on that note, inviting folks to read the report, I'm sure it will be in the show notes, but just to plug host, hostfully.com slash 2021 report. Perfect. Sure you remember that hostfully.com slash 2021 report. You can go there to download the report. It's free. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can email me personally at david at hostfully.com. Perfect. I'll give you guys his cell phone number too if you want to text him, call him uh, anytime. <laughs> Just why <kidding>. not? <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I yeah, all this will be in the show notes. Uh, Fred and and Brad, the marketing men on the Hostfully team, uh, were able to give me a, an exclusive Slick Talk link as well, so you guys can see uh, my beautiful face on page thirteen and all that good stuff. Uh, long story short, though, we love having you guys on the podcast and getting to go into this data and oh. Stop oh, stop it. I can only see a portion. So yeah, um, it's really good stuff. And so I just want to say thank you guys for joining me on the podcast, going into the data and the numbers. And of course, anyone listening, if you didn't get to see our beautiful faces on the live stream, uh, then you need, definitely need to go check it out so you can see some of the pictures that we showed, download the report, get, uh, get nitty gritty with it. And uh, we will see you guys again all next week. And and Will, I just wanted to say one one quick thing too. I want to say congrats on all your success. It's amazing to see how far Slick Talk has come, as well as Hospitality FM and Recreation Stays. Uh, what you're doing for the industry is awesome. We are so proud, hopefully, to be a, a very very small part in in your success of of being a sponsor. Maybe we were your first sponsor. I'm not sure, and that will always be a badge of honor for us. So uh, thanks for all you do. Thanks for having us on the show and keep on keeping on, man. Of course. Well, hey, just to touch on that, you guys have been a big part in in all of this. So I just do uh, say thank you from the bottom of my heart because you guys have been awesome. First time believers uh, in the in the middle of a pandemic, too. It was like the beginning of COVID when I was doing testing sites that you were a guest on the show. And then you're like, hey, we should sponsor and, and talk about working together. And that that really just means everything. So I, I owe you guys all all the love and support. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining me on this week's episode. 
And uh, for the Slick Talkers out there, go ahead, check out Hostly.com. Use uh, promo code SLICKTALK20 if you decide to sign up. No big deal. Download the report. You know, see some cool stuff throughout the throughout the way. And we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Podcast.